Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to the Gospel of Matthew. To the Gospel of Matthew. I want you to um, look at this passage of Scripture. Primarily, verse number 19 is the verse that, that really God's been speaking to my heart about. And I want to, I guess I'm going to start a sermon series. I, you know, I can't get it all in one sermon. Uh, there's, there's so many thoughts that are running through my mind on this subject. But the title of this sermon series is just going to be Follow Me. But the title of this sermon is Twitter wasn't the first one to say, Follow Me. Right? Uh, Twitter wasn't the first one to say, Follow Me. Jesus said that and back in Matthew's Gospel in chapter number 4. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have a digital device, open that up and go there. Uh, if you have the Logos Bible software app, it's free. I encourage you to download that software, and you can follow along with our slideshow presentation. You'll see at the little bottom of the screen, the little icon there, and now that just signifies there's some reference scriptures that are there. And if you log on to Logos Bible software and you use that Bible app on your iPhone, iPad, Android device, whatever, then you can just push that and it'll take you straight to the passage of Scripture that we're going to be going to. So I just want to encourage you to, to follow along that way. But I've really been wrestling over the last, uh, I don't know, three, four, five weeks on this idea of discipleship. And really this idea of becoming a disciple. You know, it seems like everybody in the world today is a Christian. And you ask, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah. Do you go to church? No. Are you involved in ministry? No. Are you doing it? No. But I'm a Christian. You know, it seems like the majority of the world today are, you know, for the most part, are Christians. Matter of fact, I think a recent survey that I saw said like 85, close to 90% of Americans claim to be Christians. But guys, I just want to make a disclaimer here, first thing. It's not about just being labeled a Christian. It's about being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's about becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about your life becoming more and more like His life. It's just not a series of religious activities that we go through. It's a, it's a heart transformation. It's a life transformation. It becomes who we are. It, it becomes the, the DNA of our being. We're changed from the, and the song says, and the scripture even teaches, from the inside out. So it's not enough just to be a Christian. It's not even enough just to be a convert. Someone that makes a mental decision that I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. I'm going to say more about that in a moment. So this next several weeks, and I don't even know how long this sermon series is going to be. I guess until I feel the Lord's finished talking to me about it, and then I'll finish talking to you about it, and then we'll move on to something else. But I just want to park and camp out a little bit on this idea of being a Christ follower, 
on this idea of being a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, of following him. So are you there? Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 18 and following. Jesus says this, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Now, guess what these guys were doing? Look what it says. It says they were casting, they were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. And Jesus says to them, verse 19 will be my text verse for this entire sermon series, and then we'll kind of go off of that. But verse 19, Jesus says to them as they are casting their nets into the sea, they are fishermen, and he says to them, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. You may be used to a more traditional translation where it says, I will make you fishermen of men or fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father. Now look what these guys were doing. They weren't casting their nets. What were they doing? Mending, repairing their nets, okay? They had already been involved in the fishing and the casting. Now they are mending. I want to say something to that in just a moment. They were mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now here's the calling on these two sets of brothers, if you will. We have Andrew and Peter, and we have James and John, and they're involved in the family business. Here the scripture says in verse number 18 that Peter and Andrew were casting a net... We jump on further down in verse number 20 and 21. It says that John and James were mending their nets. Before I go any further, let me say this. Guys, you realize that in a ministry, in a church family, there are different jobs that we all must be doing and be involved in. We all can't do the same thing, right? I mean, we're the body of Christ. We're the, we're the local body here at, at Victory Church. And, and everyone can't be an eye. Everyone can't be an ear. Everyone can't be a, a tongue. We, we have different parts of the body that we make up so that we can complete the body, correct? And here's a great example of that. Here we have Andrew and Peter. They were casting nets. And then we have James and John. They were mending their nets. So we're all working together. And they were doing that for catching fish. But Jesus said, now, I want you to follow me. And I find it interesting that they immediately left. They immediately dropped their nets. They immediately got out of the boat. And they followed Jesus on this journey that completely transformed their life. I mean, yeah, Peter got discouraged and wanted to go back to fishing. You remember that story, right? But the point is... They became disciples. They became followers of Jesus. My question to you is, why do we exist as a church? Why do we even do what we do here on Sunday mornings? Why do we gather together and assemble together and preach the word and we're taught the word and, and we gather together in corporate worship? Why do we do what we do here on a Sunday morning? Let me ask you this. Why do we have the what I've labeled and what I've called the pathway to victory. 
And by that, I'm talking about the seven steps that, that we encourage everyone in our church family and everyone in our, that comes through the doors of our church, we encourage you to take this journey with us down this pathway to victory, which starts with coming in and experiencing worship. And then it goes to fellowship where we connect with God first and foremost. That's where conversion starts. And then we connect with the local body. But then we grow. That's discipleship. Then we get involved in ministry. That's service. Then we get involved in outreach and evangelism. That's, that's reach. And then we realize that what we have, none of it belongs to us. We're just stewards. We're just managers of everything that, that God has blessed us with. God owns it all. We, we get to comprehend in that. And then we move to an area to where we are now mature spiritual individuals ready to lead others down the same pathway that we have just traveled. Why do we do that? Why do we have the pathway to victory? Why do we gather together on a Sunday morning? Why do we have these VBI classes that we're offering? And boy, I'm passionate about teaching and preaching the Word of God and getting it, getting it in us and deep within us. But why do we have that? Why do we have service outreach projects? And Brother John and his family are down in Georgia this week and he leads our evangelism and he and I have already got a meeting planned. As soon as he gets back, we're setting the fall agenda and the winter agenda for outreach projects that we're going to be doing. Why do we do that? Well, I know you may quickly, you may quickly raise your hand and say, I know the answer. I know why we do that. We do that for converts. We do that because we're trying to preach and share the gospel and we want people to hear about Jesus and we do that for converts. I'm going to say you're both right and wrong with that answer. Yes, we want people to accept Christ. Yes, we want converts. Yes, we want people to change their way of living and turn back and follow after Christ. Yes, we want that. But conversion is just the first step of being a disciple. And that's what I want to talk about here in just a moment. And I'm kind of going to be all over the place as I try to just lay a foundation here and kind of spread it out and get an idea of what it is to be a disciple. I'm reminded of what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 28. It's the Great Commission. And you guys don't know this passage of Scripture, but in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 and following... The Bible says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and what? Make disciples. Everybody say make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples. And that's the, that's the command that Jesus gave us. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, what's the difference between making a convert and making a disciple? And by the way, there is a difference. And that's, I guess, the idea that I've been, I don't know, going to Scripture and wrestling with and trying to get a hold of and, and really getting a hold of this concept because if we're not careful, we just think, well, it should get more and more conversions and more and more conversions. But to be a convert, really, and I've already alluded to this, it's only just the first step in the discipleship process. It's step number one. But there's so much more road to travel as a believer in Jesus Christ to where we become a disciple, a Christ follower. Conversion is just the first step. May I say this? I say one of the problems in the local church today 
and I say this on a, a very positive note. I want to be positive about this, but, but it is a, a problem. One of the problems in the church today is that the church is full of converts. Now, that's both good and bad. Are you with me? Yeah, I mean, it's full of converts. Praise the Lord. People have made a, a conscious decision to follow Christ. Thank God for that. But, but there's got to be more than just that. Right? Are you with me? Say amen or oh me, but stay with me here, okay? Everybody say amen together, right? All right. So there's got to be more. The problem, I think, with the church is that it's full of converts. So then how do we disciple a convert? Do you realize there's a tremendous amount of work that the church body is to be doing? And, and it's not just the pastor's job. It's, it's all of our jobs as believers in Christ to, to turn around and find someone and help grow them to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, how do we do that? How do we get to the place where we disciple converts? Well, I think in order to do that, we've got to have a good definition of what a disciple is. Right? I think the definition has to be clear. I think the definition needs to be simple. I think the definition, first and foremost, needs to be biblical. And we all need to be on the same page whenever we think about this idea of growing and developing disciples. And I go right back to Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19 where Jesus said, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. This needs to be our key verse. You need to get a hold of this verse. You need to memorize this verse. It's a short little verse. You should be able to memorize it very quickly. This needs to be a, a, a foundational verse whenever we start thinking about discipleship and growing people to be a disciple of the Lord. I think it's broad enough. I think it's simple enough to be supported by other scriptures so that we can get the detailed information that we need to bring an individual from conversion to being a full-blown disciple, Christ follower, okay? Now, if you're here today and you've recently accepted Christ, I just want to say, praise the Lord. I am so thankful that you're part of the church family, okay? The family of Christ is what I mean by that. But I want you to know there's, there's more of a road that's out there for you to travel. And Jesus is saying, follow me. And so in this short little text, I want to try to break it down, if I can, into three segments. I want to talk about follow me, and then I want to look at the rest of what he said. I will make you, that's point number two, and point number three is fish for people, okay? So I want to try to break this verse down and, and just kind of a foundational verse for us and, and help us to think on this passage just briefly this morning. Let's look at number one. I believe there are three attributes to this verse to becoming a true Christ follower, to becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Number one is this. Jesus said, follow me. Now, I believe there are three different areas that Jesus targets whenever he uses this simple little sentence. Actually, it's a very simple sentence. It's a very simple statement of our Lord. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. It's a very simple statement. But when you unpack it, it, it can be somewhat profound. If you'll think about it. There are three different areas that Jesus is targeting He's targeting your head, then he targets your heart, and then he targets your practice, your hands, what it is that you're doing. So this statement right here is a head statement. Jesus looks at us. He looked at 
Simon and, or Peter and, and Andrew. He looked at James and John and he told these guys, follow me. It's a head, a mental response, if you will. It's a simple invitation. And it just simply indicates acceptance of Jesus, of his authority, of his truth. Hello, guys, you realize that it's Jesus that's leading. We are following. Hello? So there's a, there's a mental decision. When, and it starts there. And I realize it's got to go further than that. But it starts with a mental decision that, you know what? I'm going to follow this man named Jesus. I mean, I've gathered some biblical facts. I've, I've got somewhat of an understanding. And, and I am going to follow this man, Jesus. It's simple. Jesus leads, we follow. Say that with me. Jesus leads, we follow. Say it again. Jesus Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and tell them that Jesus leads. Go ahead. Now, we mess up right there all the time. I mean, as converts, we mess up right there because self gets in the way. I get on the throne of my life. I start making decisions without even asking the Savior, the Lord of my life, who I have said that I am going to follow you. And then we start doing our own agenda, whatever it is we want to do, doing what we feel is right, without really seeking God in the direction that He's going. So it's really simple. It starts with His mental response of simply just allowing Jesus to lead our life, and we are simply going to follow after Him. Following means that we recognize and that we accept who Jesus is. We realize that he's our Lord. We realize that he's our leader. We realize that he's our master. We realize that he's in control. We realize that I am no longer my own. I am following Jesus. Hello? Now, it's simple to say. It may be a little bit more difficult to do. Because Jesus sometimes will lead you in some places that you scratch your head and you think, Lord, why are you leading me here? But when we're there, he's trying to teach us something. And that's, that's for a whole nother sermon. I'm not even going to go there. I just want you to get the principle that Jesus leads. And we follow. Jesus initiates. Jesus guides. Jesus calls the shots. Right? He's the leader. We simply follow. I think in John chapter 12, in verse number 26, listen to what our Lord said. He said, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. That's what Jesus said. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. A disciple is someone who knows Jesus. and We have this mental response of who he is. And we are simply following him. Not self-ruled life, but a Christ-ruled life. Okay? I mean, I don't know how many more ways I can say this. Do we get the idea? Right? It's a mental response to the statement that Jesus made, follow me. Follow me. And we say, okay, Lord, I believe you're Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the sinless Son of God. Right? I am going to follow you. So it's that mental response. But secondly, let's go to the second part of this verse. Number two, he says, I will make you. Now here, I'm going to tell you, we as a church 
not necessarily just victory, but I'm talking about the church as a whole. We as a church get messed up right here. I want you to look what Jesus said. And what? I will make you. Jesus said, follow me. Head response, mental response, and I will make you. I believe that's a heart response now. It's a spiritual response. I am going to allow him not only to lead me, but to mold me and make me into what he wants me to be. Okay? So the only way that I can do that is there has to be this heart transformation. There has to be this spiritual response to where I am going to allow Jesus to lead me, but also to make me. Amen. Now, may I draw something to your attention real quickly here? The fact that Jesus is molding our loves. The fact that Jesus is changing our loves. I want you to understand this. We as a church, get this guys, we mistakenly forget that God is ultimately the one who invites us to be his disciple, get this, before any change is made. Now let that sink in. Jesus comes to us and, man, this is where I've been, this is where I've just been digging in this week, right here. Jesus comes to us and he says, follow me. And we, sure, you're Jesus, I'll follow you. And you know what? That's called a convert. And you know what? Our churches are full of converts that are not spiritually mature. And sometimes we in the church will look around and say, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You're not a Christ follower because your life hasn't been changed. And therefore, we want to start changing people. You see, I, and I shared this a little bit yesterday. I've been in ministry for 25 years, pastoring a church. And I've been preaching for a long time. And I remember early on in my ministry, I thought I had to do the changing. I thought I had to put all these rules and regulations and say, hey, you accept Christ, but then you do this. And I mean, I was just like a Pharisee. I really was. Matter of fact, it was when I studied in depth the book of Galatians that, that God allowed me to break out of that mold a little bit and get out of that mindset. But here it is, once again, just hitting me right in the face. Jesus says, follow me. And we make a decision to start following him. That's conversion, right? And then he says, as you're following me, I will make you. Now that life transformation is starting to take place. Do you see that? And I think, I don't think, I know that we as a church, and I'm not just talking about Victory Church, I'm talking about churches, New Testament, Bible-believing churches in general, I think we've made a mistake here. I think sometimes we get, we get in there and we say, boy, you gotta, you got to clean your life up. Man, if you accept Jesus, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and don't do this, and don't do that, and don't go there, and don't go there, and don't listen to that, and don't, don't watch all these kind of rules and regulations. Jesus says, you just follow me, and I will make you. Man, I like that. That takes all the responsibility off. I am just the paper boy, really. That's all I am. I'm just delivering to you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not my responsibility to change you. 
And may I speak to our church leadership team right here? It's not your responsibility to change people in our church. That goes for all of us. Jesus does the changing. He says, follow me, and then I will allow Pastor John to make you in the person you need to be. No. I will allow the church to mold you in the person you need to be. No. I will allow the traditions of men to make you and No. He says, I will make you. It's that spiritual response. Man, I I tell you, and I'm going to dig deeper in these, but in John chapter 15, I want you to look at that passage real quickly. I want you to note the transforming that takes place in the life of of a disciple in John chapter 15. And I'm just going to hit it and go. I'll come back in other sermons and, and dig a little bit deeper in these, but I just want to kind of lay the foundation today. John 15, 1 and 2, Jesus says... I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. And every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You know what, guys? He is the vine, right? Jesus is the source of everything in our life. We're just merely the branches that are connected to the vine. And... The husbandman of the vineyard, which is God himself, he would come by and he would notice a branch that may be immature, that may not be bearing the fruit it should be bearing, and he'll pick that branch up and he'll start molding that branch and pruning it a little bit. He may move it from its location and and pick it up and tie it up over here, and he may pluck some leaves off of it. He may even cut it back just a little bit. May I just remind you that the pruning process in our life can be very painful? But I want you to know that that He is making me. He is molding me into the person that He wants me to be so that at the end of the day, I can bear more fruit than what I'm bearing. Same is true for you. There's that pruning process. Now, here's what I know about the pruning process because I have been there many, many, many times. And it seems like He's always cutting on me. It seems like He's always pruning me because I, it can hurt Are you with me, church? You know where I'm going with this? It can be painful sometimes. But it's the pruning process. Here's what I know that will happen during the pruning process. During the pruning process, you and I are both tempted to quit following. Hello? Whenever the pruning is taking place in our lives so that He can grow us to be His disciple so that we can bear more fruit. Whenever the pruning process is taking place in our life, I'll just speak for myself. I am tempted to quit following Jesus because it's painful, because it hurts. Are you with me? I guess it's a human reaction to that. But I want to encourage you, don't quit. Keep following. That's what we do, and we allow Him to change us. That's the spiritual side of it. Discipleship. It can be painful sometimes. There's growing pains you go through. And I've already started a whole other sermon on that, and I can't preach it to you right now. But we're going to dig a little bit deeper in all of this. But let's go to point number three of this verse. Follow me. That's the head. That's the mental response. And I will make you, 
That's the heart. That's the spiritual response. What's he making us into? He's making us into disciples that will now do something. This is the practical response. This, this is are the hands, if you will. We start with the head, we get some biblical knowledge. And by the way, a lot of churches get stuck right there. They're just filling you full of biblical knowledge and biblical knowledge. It's not enough just to have biblical knowledge. By the way, Satan knows the scripture probably better than most of us know the scripture. Is his life transformed? No. Why? Because his heart is not in submission to the lordship of Jesus. And that goes all the way back to when he was in heaven as an archangel there and, and, and he was over the music there and he got jealous of God and he, he wanted to overthrow God. And it goes all the way back to that. Right? So, listen guys. It's not necessarily even, although we offer Bible classes, it's not necessarily, man, if we can just get more Bible in people, we'll get them transformed. No, 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 no. Now, I'm all for teaching it. But to me, that's not the only way that we grow a disciple. We also must be teaching that there's a heart, a spiritual response, and there's a submitting of our heart and our life to Christ so that we can, I'll talk more about that later, so that we can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Now, I want our church to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. I want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. I want him to use me in my life. I, I want to finish well. I told that little 90-year-old lady this past weekend as she was worshiping the Lord. And man, she was raising her hand. Now, here is a 90-year-old lady that's seen so much take place in her life, so much change take place in her life. And, 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 and the band was in there rocking it out for Jesus. And, and she's got her hand in the air. And she's praising the Lord. Now, she could have gotten very disgruntled. She could have gotten very bitter. She could, could have said, well, this younger generation, that crazy music, why can't things be like that? No, she was still worshiping. And I told her after the service, when I get, if the Lord allows me to live to be 90 years old, I want to be just like you. Because her heart was so tender to God. And she certainly was the hands and the feet of Jesus. I want to be the hands. That's the practical response. I'll make you fish for people. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. Fishermen or fishers. Of men. Guys, you realize that we are all saved for a purpose? And that purpose is just not for our happiness and our well being and our own selfish endeavors, our own personal agenda. That purpose is to be the hand and the feet of Jesus and live a life that brings Him honor and brings Him glory of a heart that's completely surrendered in submission to the Lordship of Christ, carrying out what the Bible says, making disciples. Of Jesus. I believe that whenever we get to that point, whenever we get past the head response, and by the way, I told you that's one of the problems of the church. I feel the churches are full of converts. We just got a lot of head knowledge, but we haven't got to the part where we are allowing him to make us into what he wants to make us into because I, I've seen it. I've seen people come in. I've seen them get excited for Jesus. I've seen them get, become brand new converts, get baptized, join the church. They start getting involved. And all of a sudden now God says, okay, you're one of mine. I'm going to make you now. And he starts working in their life. He starts bringing some difficult situations in their life. He starts, he starts pruning. They're gone. No longer in the church. No longer serving. No longer, it seems like they don't care about anything now but themselves. What is that? They followed, but once 
God started making them, they dash for it. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks here. Really becoming disciples. And my prayer is that we all become disciples. And I'm thankful for the converts. By the way, we still got to have converts. And we're still going to share the gospel. And we're still going to be concerned because he's going to make us. That's the hand part, fishers of men. We are going to go out and share the gospel. And we're going to see conversions. And we're going to see people come to Christ. But I want you to know, we can't just celebrate and leave them there and go off. And Listen, they need help. That baby in Christ needs, to, needs assistance for us, us to walk them down to spiritual maturity. So that they too become a disciple. Christ. Is all this making sense? Well, this is where we're going to be for the next several weeks. And so uh, I hope you're able to connect here with me a little bit. So in conclusion, let me put it this way. Putting all three of these attributes together, we see that a disciple is a person who is following Christ. That's the head. Is being changed by Christ. That's the heart. And is committed to the mission of Christ. That's the hands and the feet of getting the gospel to a world that does not know him. Now, will you follow? That's the question Jesus is asking. Will you follow me? If you'll follow me, he's saying, I will make you fishers of men. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and we have a song of, of just invitation and reflection this morning. I want to encourage you today. Number one, if you're here today and you've already accepted Christ, let me ask you, are you allowing him to change you from the inside out? And guys, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, that can be a painful process sometimes. That can be difficult to go through some situations like that. But will you allow him to start making you into the person he wants you to be? And then if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want you to know that's where it starts. That's where it begins. Peter and Andrew were fishing and casting their nets. And Jesus said, follow me. They immediately stopped and followed him. James and John were on the shore. They were mending their nets. Jesus said, follow me. They immediately left and followed him. And their lives were completely transformed. And they became fishers of men. But I want to tell you, it wasn't easy for those guys. Neither will it be easy for you. And I know in our culture today, we've really gotten into this easy believism stuff. People want to be involved in a church where it's all about fulfilling my selfish desires and making me happy and enjoying my life now and having the best life now I can have. Well, guys, let me just remind you that the Scripture teaches that we're just a pilgrim passing through this life. This life is not our home. We're just pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're spiritual gypsies, if you will. Let's not put too many roots down here and get so connected with our heart to this life that we get to the point where we really don't want to leave this life. Let me tell you, heaven's going to be a whole lot better than what this is. I promise you that. God's Word teaches that. Let's make preparation for that. And let's take as many people as we can with us. Will you allow yourself to be not just a convert, 
but a disciple of Jesus Christ. Father, we commit this time of reflection and invitation to you. And Lord, we ask you that you would start and continue to do a work in our heart. And you've told us that if we would follow you, that you will make us. God, help us to have a heart that is fully surrendered and a life that submits to you as our Savior so you can mold us into the person you want us to be. Use us, God, to be your hands and your feet. Help us, God, to reach a world that doesn't know you. Bless each family member that's here today and every single individual that's here. And help us all to become disciples of yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand together and if you'd like to make a decision today, if you, you can come forward and kneel and pray and, uh, and Brother Paul will be here. Paul, if you will, come on up. And if you'd like to come and kneel and pray, Brother Paul will be glad to pray with you. But if you want to pray right where you're standing, then you can do that. And but whatever decision today, if you make a spiritual decision, will you let us know by indicating on your connection card and dropping in the offering basket here in just a moment and just so we can follow up with you. But let's, let's, let's set our hearts to be in not just converts, not just Christians, and I use that term loosely because it's so loosely used today, but being true disciples, Christ followers, to where we are becoming the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're concerned about not just ourselves, but a world around us that doesn't know Christ. Let's commit to that, okay? Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.